welcome to the Prophecy Club. As I have mentioned, I'm going to have to go to a crusade July 29 through August the 6th. And so I've been told <laughs> that I have to make some broadcasts in advance. So this is one of them that I am making in advance because I'm probably at the crusade while you're listening to this. But I'm going to talk about something really important. I'm going to talk about Revelation 13. Revelation 13 is one of the more difficult chapters in Revelation to understand, and unfortunately, it's also one of the foundational chapters. As I was just telling my wife the other day, I said, well, you know, I've been telling everybody that I've memorized Revelation, but that was back in, <laughs> that was, but that was back in 2017. I said, yeah, I'm an old man, 66, and I said, it sure slips out of my brain real fast, so I've been going back in preparation for the crusade and refreshing my memory, because that's what an old man has to do, is refresh his memory. In other words, somebody comes up and I need to be able to quote part of Revelation, I need to be able to quote it. So I've been refreshing my memory, and I'm about to go through Revelation 13 for you today and explain it. Very, very important chapter. I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Now, this is the world government rising up out of the nations or rising up out of the people. Whereas here later on, we see another beast rise up out of the earth, and that is meaning religion. Rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, that's seven continents, and ten horns, that's seven continents divided into ten global regions. And that fits with everything else in prophecy as well. Even go back over to Daniel chapter 7. And upon his horns, ten crowns. And upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. Meaning, these seven continents divided into ten global regions. Each global region has a ruler or a head. And upon his head is the name of blasphemy. Blasphemy is a direct attack against God. So... The new world order, the world government that rises up, will divide the seven continents into ten global regions. Each global region will have a global regional ruler or a head. Remember that word, head. And they will all blaspheme God. Now, this next part is one of the things that gets people tangled up on Revelation. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard. The leopard, I heard somebody the other day say, as a teacher, actually, teaching, saying, oh, the leopard is Germany. <laughs> really? Where'd you get that? Were you just guessing? Okay. <laughs> the, the leopard is not Germany. As a matter of fact, I just did, after all of these years, I finally actually looked up what is the national emblem of Germany, and it's actually a black uh, eagle, but it's not a leopard. So what I come up with, the leopard is actually Islam or the Muslims. Well, it's easy. All you have to do is just do a search for where leopards live, do a search for where Muslims live, print the maps, overlay the maps, and you'll find that they almost perfectly overlay. In addition, the fighting, living, mating, living habits of everything having to do with a leopard and the Muslims match up almost perfectly. If I go into that, I won't have time to get through Revelation 13. But in other words, like the Muslims live in caves and so do leopards. Uh, Muslims tend to not like to fight face-to-face. -face. Their motto is run to fight another day. 
Well, that's what the leopards do, too. They don't like to fight face-to-face. Also, they're kind of like herding cats when it comes to military. You can't get them to really get organized. It's kind of every man for himself. That's the way the, the leopards are. That's the way the Muslims are. Again, I'm not trying to beat upon the Muslims. I'm simply trying to talk Bible prophecy here. So the leopard, trust me, <laughs> is not Germany. It is Islam or the Muslims. It is a group of nations. And it says, and his feet were as the feet of a bear. Okay, that's easy. That's the Russian bear. And his mouth is the mouth of a lion. That's England. And the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. So it is Lucifer that causes this world government to rise up with, of course, the Lord's permission. Now, this next part is the confusing part. I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. Notice it did not say he was wounded in the head. I'll say it again. It did not say he's wounded in the head. It said, I saw one of his heads, meaning the world government that divides the seven continents into 10 global regions, and each global region has a head. Remember, I said that. This is one of those global regional rulers that is wounded in the head. No, 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 no. It says he is wounded to death. In other words, one of those regional rulers will be wounded, and either he actually dies, or he appears to die, and then he will come back to life. In other words, he's going to say he is the Messiah, he is the Christ. He's also going to be the Vishnu, he's going to be the answer for all of the religions. Where did you come up with that the beast in the middle of the tribulation is actually turned into Lucifer, or inhabited or possessed by Lucifer? Well, here it is. Verse 4 says, And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Meaning that in the middle of the tribulation, when he is wounded, not in the head, but one of these global regional rulers is wounded, and either dies, see it says, and wounded to death. Now, probably he dies, but I'm just saying he may or may not die. That's not the point. He's going to appear to die, and all the world will be amazed. They'll wonder after the beast, because this guy comes back to life. And when it says, and they worship the dragon, so at this point it's saying the dragon is the beast, the beast is the dragon. Who's the dragon? That old serpent, Lucifer. So that's showing us that in the middle of the tribulation, he will be wounded and probably die. When he comes back to life, he will be inhabited by Lucifer himself. How do we know that? Isaiah 14 says, I will send up to heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will beam like the Most High. In other words, Lucifer wants to be God. He wants the worship that God gets, but of course he's willing to require it where God simply earns it. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. So that's saying that they worship Lucifer, which gave power unto the beast, In other words, when they worship the beast, they are worshiping Lucifer. They worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast. In other words, the one person, see, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? In other words, the man that comes back from the dead. How can he make war with him? Now, this next part is the part that ought to scare the Christians, because this is saying that God gives him a strength. God gives him a mouth, a brain to overcome the Christians. Listen to what it says. 
And there was given to him a mouth speaking great things. That's not good things. Great things and blasphemies. And power was given to him to continue 40 and two months. That's three and a half years, as in the last three and a half years of the tribulation. Now, let me make this clear. The thing that starts the tribulation is when the first seal is opened. And I hope and I pray that we all get to know when that first seal is opened. And it may be, I mean, like Revelation 6, 1 says, and I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard as it were the noise of thunder. I hope and I pray that we get to hear that. And we know that. Well, on that day is also the day that the beast arises or ascends out of the bottomless pit. That's the day that he arrives on earth. So people might say, well, hey, do you think the Antichrist is alive on the earth today? No. (laughs) don't even hesitate. Is the Antichrist alive on the earth today? No. (laughs) Right now, he is falling endlessly and helplessly in the bottomless pit. But one of these days, he will be released out of that bottomless pit, and that day will be the day that the first seal is opened. How do we know that? Because he is given seven years, exactly seven years to rule the earth. But it takes him three and a half years to rise to power, even as Daniel chapter 7 says that he will have to overcome three of those other rulers, and they will be lifted up by the roots. And then when we see that, when we see one of those 10 global regional rulers that go to war and overcome the other three, we're going to know that that one, that's the beast, that's the Antichrist. Now, let's go back. And there was given to him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. So this guy has a special mouth. He has eloquence. I believe the Bible, if you go back into Daniel chapter 7, I wrote about this in my book, uh, Tribulation Secrets in Daniel. He is going to have a voice. Well, let me back. Let me put this way. I remember I went to a meeting back in my public speaking days when I was a public speaking instructor. And so the room is filled with probably a hundred of these public speaking instructors that are full time and doing this. And I remember the guy from Dallas. He was kind of a small man, probably five, eight or something like that. I remember he stood up, but he had a voice that like shook the room. He wasn't talking loud. It's just that it was an amazing voice. I'll I'll never forget the voice that guy had. And I thought, wow, what a voice. I'm not talking about a radio voice. I'm talking about a booming, deep, commanding voice, even though he was speaking normally. I believe that's the kind of voice that the beast is going to have. He's going to have a voice that just simply the sound of his voice is just going to shake you. But then what he says It says that God gave him a mouth. And I believe that that means that God is going to supernaturally fill his mouth with amazing things. Why? Because that is the whole deception that God is sending. Remember, the Bible says, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power. How much power? All power and signs and lying wonders with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. In other words, the lies that he puts forth are so powerful, they're very difficult to resist. Because they received not the love of the truth, in other words, because they did not accept the simple, easy sacrifice of Christ on the cross, that they might be saved, 
For this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Meaning, when God gives the beast this mouth, speaking great things, it is going to be so difficult not to believe. The only ones that are not going to believe it are those people whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, slain from the foundation of the world. We'll read that in just a second. Most people alive on the earth, I'm going to say probably 98% of the people alive right now, when they see the beast, he is going to look so good. Daniel says his look is more stout than his fellows. And that word stout means greater. He is going to be the best looking, best sounding human to ever walk the face of the earth. Why? Better than Jesus? Yeah, Bible says actually Jesus was a comely man. In other words, he wasn't beautiful. He was just a common looking person. But this guy, oh no. See, he's the man of the flesh. He's the guy that the flesh likes. See, our flesh likes things, but the Bible says that if we love the things of this world, that the love of the Father is not in us. So we should not love this world and the things of this world, but we should love the things of God. But this guy, oh, he's going to be man of the world, man of the flesh. Everybody's going to like, he's going to look so good. He's going to sound so good. I mean, literally, the sound of his voice and the things he says, he's going to have the answer to all answers. He's going to be able to tell you where the races came from. How? Never mind, they're probably not true. And he's going to tell you how the world started and how the world ends. He's going to, t- he's going to say all kinds of things. And I tell you what, if we don't already have Jesus in our heart, if we, aren't, if we don't have our feet on the rock, then the winds come and the rains blow and the great will be the fall of our house. In other words, we have to know the Bible. We have to know our Lord so that when this great strong delusion comes, we're not going to believe a lie and be damned. Bible says that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. My mom said, oh, yes, son, there's pleasures in the flesh, but we have to resist the flesh. Okay, so let's go on. Verse six. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Okay, his name, we understand his tabernacle. mm -hmm, Okay, but what is this about them that dwell in heaven? So the beast is going to say all kinds of bad things about everybody from Adam and Eve forward. He's going to say bad things about David, about Samuel, about Jesus, about Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, all of them. He's going to say bad things about that is what he is. That's what he and he is going to tear up the beliefs of a lot of Christians. If they are not founded on the word, then when rains come, winds blow, their house will fall down. Now, listen to this next part. This is probably the part that scares me the most. And it was given to him to make war with the saints. Now, you think that's a bullet war or a word war? Because I think that's a word war. Yeah, probably bullet war, too. But I think it's a word war. And it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. All? Yeah, that's right. And listen to what it says. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. You see, before Jesus said, let there be light, before eternity created time, before Jesus and the Father got together and said, let's make a bride, before that happened, 
the first thing the Father did was write out the book of life. And he gave it to the Son, Jesus, and said, these are the people I'm giving you. No one can put our name in that or take it out except us at this point. We can put it in. We can take it out. You see, brothers and sisters, let me also just say, this was laid on my heart to say yesterday, everybody alive right now, almost every one of us are going to die before Jesus returns. I mean, Isaiah says few men will be left. And we're talking about, the Bible says that there would be fewer people on earth alive than the weight of all of the gold on the planet. Now, there's a lot of gold on the planet, but there's a lot of people. In other words, very few people will make it to the return of Jesus. So that means that we're all probably going to die. We're probably going to die in the next five or ten years, most of us. And that's just a guess, but it's a good guess. So we have to ask ourselves where we want to spend eternity. And it's a simple, easy prayer to just make Jesus your God. Just say, Jesus, forgive me. Be my God. It's as simple as that. There's not a simpler prayer than that. Now, let's go on. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Now, this is the part I really don't like, but I didn't write the stuff. I'm just a delivery boy. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Now, before I get into explaining that, let me explain the word patience. See, because our definition of patience today is, you know, don't rev the motor when you're at the light. Have patience. Don't run the mouth when you ought to be quiet. Have patience. <laughs> don't tap your foot. <laughs> don't be impatient. In other words, just give it a little time. All right. That's our definition today. But that's not the definition of patience in Revelation. The definition of patience is don't quit. Specifically, don't quit Jesus. Kind of like Dana Coverstone said, he was told, endure to the end. That's patience. Endure to the end. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't do things like commit suicide. Don't do it. Now, let's go on. But he says, He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. What that is saying is that if they have the mark of the beast, and this is during the tribulation, during the world government, and if those people that have the mark of the beast are coming after you and trying to kill you because you do not have the mark of the beast, then if you kill them, you will be killed with the sword. If you turn people over to the beast or to the world government, then you will be turned over to the world government. It's saying, don't turn people over to the world government, but also don't kill those people that are coming after you because you do not have the mark of the beast. Now, notice I didn't say you can't defend yourself from hoodlums and whatnot like that. I'm saying if they have the mark of the beast, if it is in the tribulation, if the beast has sent them after you, then it's saying if you kill with a sword or if you kill, you're going to be killed. <laughs> what? I, I understand how you feel. But this is the plan of God. It's the plan of God to test every beating heart on the globe, whether they will receive Jesus or take the mark. And sad to say, again, probably 98% of them out there, probably they're going to take that mark. Most people will take that mark, which, by the way, this is a very good reason why you ought to get them my book, Miss the Mark, because if they'll read that book, they will not take that mark of the beast. They probably will accept Jesus if they haven't. 
And by the way, I've, I've heard stories of people that are not Christians that read that book. People that even serve other gods are reading that book, and it's turning them around. I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. Okay, here is the false prophet. These, This is the false prophet that rises up out of the religion. The other one rose up out of the sea, which is people. We know from Revelation seventeen seven, I believe it is, that the sea represents peoples, nations, languages, and tongues. All right, let's go on. I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as the dragon. That, I believe, is the pope. may not be the current pope, but probably it is. There might be another pope. I don't know. But it'll be a pope. Now, I'm not trying to beat upon the Catholic Church. You have to understand there's a lot of good Catholics out there that love the Lord Jesus. Their name is in the book of life, and they're going to be in heaven. And there's no question about it. And there's some that are not good, just about like any of the denominations out there. But when it says two horns like a lamb, see, what a lot of people don't know is there's actually two popes. There's what I call a black pope and a white pope. It has nothing to do with skin color. One is a public pope for public consumption. The other one is a secret pope that no one knows about. So there's two kinds of popes. Let's go on, verse 12. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, in other words, the Antichrist, and causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. So this is a pope that rises up and says, this guy here, he's the man God. He's the real Messiah. He's the real Christ. Everybody got to worship him. Verse 13. And he doeth great wonders, so that he might get fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. So do not be deceived by lying signs and wonders. Do not be deceived by some great leader that stands up and is able to call fire to the sky. Maybe it's a laser. Or anyone else that's able to heal or do anything. Look, you have to understand, this guy is trying to take the place of Jesus. So he is going to do everything that Jesus did. He's probably going to see the blind see, the lame walk, the dead rise from the, the dead. He's going to do almost all, probably all of the same miracles that Jesus did. He is going to see. Antichrist doesn't mean against Christ. It means in the place of Christ. He doesn't want to go against Christ. He wants to be Christ. He wants to get the worship that the Father gets. Bottom line. Now, let's go on. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles, which he had power to do on the side of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. Now, I don't know what that image of the beast is, but I got an idea. My guess is it's some kind of a clone, some kind of a half-man, half-fallen angel, probably half-flesh, half-computer something that is linked into their quantum financial computers and has the answer for everything. Why do I say that? Is because all the world is commanded by this guy. And he causeth all. This is the image. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Notice there's three things. The mark, the name, or the number of the beast. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is a number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. Now, you can go to prophecyclub.com, and if you go to the download section, you can actually download some images of what we know 
are the mark of the beast and also the number of his name. The number of his name is a nested 666, which looks kind of like a spiral. Go up there, you can download, or you can also get Miss the Mark, Don't Take the Mark of the Beast, my book, and it has the number of the beast right on the front of it. And that was confirmed to me through the years. I kept seeing it every place. And then Leslie, when she had a dream that told me that I needed to write a book on this, in the dream, that's what she saw. She saw that spiral that I've been telling her. That's, I'm telling you, that's for years, every place. I've been seeing that spiral. I've been saying, I'm telling you, that's the mark of the beast right there, or the number of his name, not the mark. Because the mark looks like a yellow like sun with a hand in the middle of it, with the yellow sun and the hand in the middle of it, about the size of a quarter between the thumb and the first finger in that little web area there. Again, you can go get the book, Miss the Mark, and you can see what it looks like. Speaking of that, Miss the Mark is one for 20, but don't do that. Instead, we offer them in shrink wrap sets of 10, 10 for 30, and 20 for 45 at prophecyclub.com. While you're there, you also want to get the new books, which we are now offering, because I understand they just arrived in our Topeka office today, and that is Secrets in Daniel, and that is Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, and that's essentially what it's telling you. It's telling you the things in Daniel that you need to know in that you are know it or not, or like it or not, about to become a tribulation saint, because I believe we're about to go into the tribulation. Don't know exactly when, but it's very, very close. And that's also available, one for 20, shrink wrap sets of 10, 10 for 30, and 20 for 45. And also you want to get the new book, How Pre-Trib Won. This is the story of how pre-trib beat post-trib, how the lie beat the truth, and the people would have it so. The first three chapters explain to you things that are going on in the church that tells you why the pastors can't preach the truth. They are not free to preach as they want to. And it explains to you why they will never accept anything but pre-trib. It explains that. And that's why it's called How Pre-Trib Won. But then I also go in and explain to you the truth about the rapture. And I use the secret door to explain that. And I believe this book is going to be the definitive book on the rapture that will finally give people that are really seeking the truth, the peace about how the rapture happens and when it happens. You also want to go get Secret Door. As I said, I memorized the book of Revelation. God showed me 30 revelations to visions and an audible voice. He showed me a secret door that links the feasts to the prophecies of Revelation. And for the first time, we can understand the correct chronological order of the prophecies in Revelation, which is why the whole pre-trib misunderstanding even exists. If the secret door had been out a hundred years ago, there would be no pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre-wrath rapture. Everyone would understand it. But if you want to understand the secret door, you want to get the secret door to understand Bible prophecy. All of those available at prophecyclub.com. And by the way, we have a great new gift offer we just posted on the website today prophecyclub.com. My new book, How Pre-Trib Won, is divided into four quadrants. First of all, it answers the question, How Pre-Trib Won? The next quadrant sets the foundations that you'll need to understand the truth about the rapture. The third segment is explaining the post-trib rapture, and the fourth section is 25 pre-trib questions answered. I believe it's going to be the definitive book that is going to finally answer the question about the rapture. Is it pre mid, or post. It's called How Pre-Trib Won, How the Lie Beat the Truth, and the People Would Have It So. One for 20, 
10 for 30, 20 for 40 at prophecyclub.com. It's a quick read that will finally answer your questions about the rapture. How Pre-Trib 1, 1 for 20, 10 for 30, 20 for 40 at prophecyclub.com. Most people agree that the book of Daniel is the most difficult book in the Bible to understand. Tribulation Secrets in Daniel explains the parts of Daniel that us tribulation saints are going to need to know. It exposes the plans of the Antichrist, how to spot the Antichrist, his physical appearance, the sound of his voice, how he rises to power and takes over the world. One for 20, but don't do that. We offer him in shrink wrap sets of 10. 10 for 30, 20 for 40 at prophecyclub.com. Tribulation Secrets in Daniel, 1 for 20, 10 for 30, 20 for 40 at prophecyclub.com. As you know, I make many broadcasts referring to a list of dreams, visions, audible voices, I believe, are from God, given to Dimitri Dudeman, Michael Boldea, Leslie Johnson, Henry Groover, Shane Warren, Terry Bennett, Marie Scalar, Augusto Perez, Doug Metzger, Bree Keaton, and more. Now, you can have your very own copy. It's called God's Warnings to America. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55 at prophecyclub.com. God's Warnings to America at prophecyclub.com. I also just learned that Heaven's Harvest has more food in stock. That's right. Freeze-dried, the coveted freeze-dried food in stock at heavensharvest.com. And if you put the promo code in STAN, it helps your Prophecy Club, and it also gets you a packet of heirloom seeds free. Heavensharvest.com, promo code STAN, S-T-A-N, heavensharvest.com, STAN.